lot of times what I find in this work is that we don't even realize we're telling ourselves these stories that are disempowering. Stories are wonderful and stories have been passed down for generations, right? It's the oldest form of communication anywhere. And so we've been telling stories, but we don't realize some of the stories don't support us anymore. They don't support who we want to be. Welcome to Boss Body, the podcast where successful women learn how to lose weight and get healthy in a way they can live forever. If you're successful in so many areas of your life, but can't seem to give yourself the same care and compassion you show everyone else, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Sarah Haas, women's weight loss and body love coach, and I'm here to help you create the light, joyful, energetic life you deserve. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is Sarah Haas. You're listening to the Boss Body Podcast, and I am so glad that you are here with me today. I have a special guest with me, Carrie Rowan. She is a mindset energy coach, and she's also an international best-selling author of her book, Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and bring joy to your life. And that's what we all want, right? More joy in our lives. We want to feel good. And Carrie's here today to give us some tips and tell us about the book and give us some action steps so that we can start learning to tell ourselves a new story. And I'm going to have her explain exactly what that means. So Carrie, thank you so much for being here. It's so good to have you. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm really excited to be here with you today. Well, I love the I love the topic of your book and how it's learning to tell a new story. Now, I know what that means because I've been listening to my own stories for a while and trying to shift those. And I think it's awesome that you have a book out there to help people learn how to do this. But can you explain what that means? What's our story? Absolutely. Well, stories are so interesting, right? Because a lot of times what I find in this work is that we don't even realize we're telling ourselves these stories that are disempowering. Stories are wonderful and stories have been passed down for generations, right? It's the oldest form of communication anywhere. And so we've been telling stories, but we don't realize some of the stories don't support us anymore. They don't support who we want to be. And so when we can stop and take a look at, hey, wait a second, you start catching yourself telling a story um, that doesn't support you, then you can decide, hey, wait a second, you know, I've realized now that I've been telling this story that's not supporting me and where I want to be. So in my book, I tell my own stories because we learn best through other people's stories, right? Where our stories are really just a reflection of one another's. So when, by sharing my deepest, most personal stories that I didn't even think I really wanted to share all of them, but had to and felt compelled because I knew that by teaching people through my stories and the stuff that happened in my life that I wish didn't happen, because we all have that stuff. And I discovered that the stories I was telling about what happened made me feel worse than what actually happened. So 
when I discovered that, that's when I came up with a way to help other people and share my stories. It's really like a teaching memoir. So you get to learn a lot about me um, and also about yourself because you can be like, wow, I tell that same story. Or oh, like, yeah. Whoa. Right? You're like, we wow. always can see ourselves in other people's stories. Can you give us an example, just a, a little part of your story sure. and how you yeah, changed absolutely. it? Absolutely. Like I would tell stories about, um, I, I guess I go back to my corporate days, right? Cause I worked in corporate America for 10 years. You can have a lot of stories there. And, uh, <laughs> so I didn't really, and, and I was the only woman on a team of like, you know, 30 sales guys. And here I am right out of college, all going home, you know, and I tell, I would tell the story about how, um, you know, I made it up the corporate ladder. I climbed all the way up the corporate ladder, but I always talked about how I had to overcome so many things to get there because I was the only woman on that team for a long time. And the comments, and this is way back before any of these movements. This was back in, you know, the, uh, yeah, oh, let's see. I don't even know. I don't want to date myself here. <laughs> this was, this was quite a, a while back. This was 20, 30 years ago. So, you know, and I would hear myself telling you, so it was really a story of accomplishment and it was a story of success. But inside there were these little pockets of stories that I would say I would be the victim in those were victim stories. And I talk a lot about victim stories because we all have victim stories. We just do that naturally. And a lot of times we find ourselves bonding through our victim stories. So to break that habit, we have to embrace those stories. And I was like, wait a second that's really a great story about how I overcame and any goal I said I achieved and what I accomplished in a short period of time, being a woman in that industry. Why am I still telling that little shame story or that little story about how I was the victim? I was not, I was the victor. Yeah. All those things did happen, but let's reframe that and look at how it's a successful story and how can I support other women or other young women who want to get into, you know, male dominated careers so that's kind of how I flipped that whole thing. Yeah, and I think we all sort of tend to accentuate the negative. It just automatic. It must be just a human condition that it blows it up is. in our minds way <laughs> bigger than the positive. And you know, I know one of my stories for sure that all my listeners, you know, know is that I had breast cancer three years ago. And yeah, I had I had all the treatments, chemotherapy and mastectomy, radiation, um, two and a half years of treatments. But I've come out on the other side, healthy, strong, powerful, learning so much about myself and being better and better able to serve other people. And and yes, that was a horrifying experience. It was very tough, but that's not my main story. My main story is I'm a survivor. I am thriving. I have rebuilt my health from the ground up. And that if I can do that, anyone can. Because a lot of my listeners and my clients are starting from sedentary lifestyles and they want to get healthy. They want to build their health and, and build their fitness. And it's really hard in the beginning but but the message is 
anyone can do it. If I could do it from, you know, starting from being, you know, knocked down on my butt, anyone can. And, and so I, I love that you're pointing this out and just like you with your corporate career, you know, that was a huge victory. And, when you go back and talk about it, that inspires other women that yes, mm-hmm. there's going to be challenges and we need to honor those challenges. I'm sure you don't mean not um, feel through them. And, you mm-hmm. know, of course, you know, we have to honor our experiences and our emotions, but when you come out on the other side, it's thinking about what you gained from those experiences and how they've bettered you in your life. Absolutely. And and your story is just remarkable. And thank you for sharing that. I, I just, it takes so much courage, right, to, to share that story because of our struggle. You know, and what I find is when a lot of my clients will say, you know, especially during my classes when we do kind of group coaching, oh, I could never, I could never share that story. And I say, well, wait, wait a second. You need to share that story because our biggest mess and our what we think is our worst story ends up being our turnaround story just like you said you just told us your turnaround story and i find that so true we 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 don't want to share or you know we're just we're just all encompassed by everything that happened we sort of haven't wrapped our own minds around it yet in a lot of times and so if we can reframe that story to be that inspirational story because we all want to inspire others we don't want to be the person that comes in to the room and the energy just you know plummets when we start telling our story we want to be the person that inspires and we all have inspiring stories we just need to look for them we need to recognize what they are, and that our worst story usually is our biggest turnaround story that has our most teaching moments for other people inside of it, right? Yeah, and I like that your book helps you explore what this is for you because, you know, I believe that when we are authentic and when we are vulnerable and we show people our true selves, that gives them permission to do the same. And so I love that your book points out that this is such a great thing to do and exactly how you can do it. Yeah, exactly. It's so true what you just said. Um, And it's interesting because nobody ever taught you this, right? Like nobody said, hey, that story you keep telling is really making bad things continue to happen because the law of attraction is always listening, right? It never sleeps. So what we keep putting out is what we get back, whether we want it or not. And that is the cool thing. And I had so many moments when I started really digging into this whole story thing. I mean, I studied self-help my whole entire life. Since I was like 11 years old, I would pick up my dad's cassette tapes and and put them in and just be, I was fascinated. I remember, you know, seeing a Wayne Dyer book in my parents' room when I was that age. So I was really just hooked way back then on, I loved it. I just couldn't get enough. I'm a seeker. And so it's like, you know, using all that information to your advantage and combining all that information and understanding and digging into the fact that, wow, it's my own stories that are making me feel bad. How can that be? And the fact is because they were usually put into our heads when we were really young, right? Some of those stories, especially stories about like money or marriage or things that are so important to us, we have all these preconceived notions about it because all this stuff was kind of put into our heads and we formulated these beliefs and ideas when we were so young. But we have to stop and ask ourselves, are they really true? Is that really true when I'm thinking about myself? Is that story I tell myself really true that I can't get anything right? Or one of those little stories that somebody said to us a long time ago, 
and it just got stuck on repeat in our head. Yeah, so these these stories add up. You know, it comes from an event that happened to us a long time ago or a comment that someone made or just a feeling that we got from someone, you know, parents or teachers or whoever it is that we weren't good enough or that we, you know, need to be this or that in order to be loved or in order to be valuable. And I think that's an important point is it's not always just a challenge that you went through. It could just be something that you heard, you know, or, you know, it could be tiny little experiences, but the story is how we interpret that and how we internalize it and then how we're acting because we have that internal dialogue going on. Exactly. And the conclusions that we draw, we draw these conclusions, if then, well, this must be true about me, because this is what what happened here way back when, when it could have just been somebody else had a bad day, or your parents were just doing the best job they could, or any of these other things that you can plant in your head, because have that stuff that we believe isn't necessarily true. And that's why stories are important, because stories contain, it's like a little microcosm of our whole life in our stories. If you know somebody's story, you can figure out a lot about them. And they do, they hold our limiting beliefs right there in that story. So we can stop and pick those stories up. And when we do, look inside them and get underneath the covers and go, wow, that story is so old. Why am I still telling that? But a lot of times we don't stop in life, right? It's like stopping to meditate or stopping to think about what you're eating. We don't stop enough to take a breath and ask ourselves, hey, wait a second, why am I doing this? You know, is this really serving me? Yeah, so can you kind of give us an idea, like how do we start to know what our story is that we're telling ourselves? Because the stories are driving our actions, which is creating our outer world, our reality. And if we don't like what's in our outer world, usually there needs to be a change in our inner world first in order to make that happen. Because having these stories is a way of keeping us stuck. You know, if you're not good enough, then you're not going to go for that job or that relationship. You know, if you're not worthy, then you're going to throw yourself under the bus in order to make sure everybody else is happy. So it manifests itself over and over and over again. So how do we figure out what that story is? Well, as you as you go in through the book, I, I give a lot of examples of stories so that you can then reflect on your stories. And there's a lot of different things that you can do. And here's the thing that I love most about this work. Once you start catching yourself, so I tell all my new clients to get a pretty little notebook that you carry around with you everywhere you go, stick it in your purse, your bag, whatever. And when you hear yourself telling a story or when you're thinking a story, just write it down. You're not judging it. You're not questioning it. You're just capturing it, right? It's a story capture notebook. Because here's the cool thing. Once you start catching those stories, you can't go back to telling a story that you've caught and you know that you tell. You're going to catch yourself. You might catch yourself mid-sentence, um, but you're not going to go back to that story. And when, what I've discovered is that stories affect our mindset. And as you know, mindset is everything, right? Mindset's like 95% of what we do in, in life is has to do with our mindset and how we think about it. So once you start realizing that your mindset is affecting the stories that you tell when you're happy, you pull out a lot of different stories than when you're sad, right? Or you're down about something or frustrated. So when you start to learn to manage your mindset, 
the stories come right along with you, especially now that you have an awareness about what those stories are. You've been capturing them. You've been noticing them. You've been listening to yourself when you're frustrated. You know, it's having that metacognition, being able to hear yourself and what you're thinking to be able to capture that. It's easier than it sounds. And so just by the sheer fact of writing that down, you're not going to tell that story. You're not as inclined to tell that story because you've identified it as one that just sucks the happiness out of you. So why are you going to keep telling it? So it's really simple yet really profound. If you're struggling to stick with healthy habits and need a kick in the pants to get and stay on track, I'm so excited to offer you my free weight loss jumpstart course. You deserve to feel good and look good forever, and it doesn't have to be complicated, overwhelming, or miserable. I'll show you how to do it simply and with ease. It's available for instant download right now on my website at sarahhaaswellness.com, and I'll also put a link to it in the show notes. I hope you'll take me up on it, and I'll see you inside. Yeah. And I talk about that a lot with my clients too. It's, I call it the inner critic, but that's basically what it is. It's your inner story that you're telling yourself. And I will actually have them write it down as well. What's the first thing you say to yourself when you look in the mirror? What mm-hmm. do you say to yourself when you're at your job? What do you say to yourself if somebody is mean to you or says something negative to you, you know, what are those words that are going on in your head? Because that's your story. What you're saying to yes. yourself is based on your beliefs about yourself. So I love that because if you're not aware of it, if you don't stop and tune in, awareness is always the first step in making change. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. so true. It's so true. And the coolest thing is that it's almost like they start changing themselves. Once you start realizing what they are and you're catching yourself, then you no longer want to tell that you're automatic and that's the beauty of it it creates this positive momentum in the right direction right Mm -hmm. it's like you can get on the bad momentum or you can jump on the train of good momentum and head in the direction that you want to and it applies to anything right like you're saying stories about you know what you tell yourself about what you're eating or stories about your thoughts on exercise or stories about who you think you are I mean it's all so related it can be stories you tell at work or stories you tell at home But wherever you go, there you are, right? So unless you get in there and dig around, and a lot of times those stories are super connected to one another. You know, that negative self-image story affects the work we do. It affects our money story. It affects our relationships. It affects everything, right? It's It's all so interconnected. It affects our joy. It affects our success. It affects our relationships. So yeah, absolutely. So I understand you have some tips. You have some action steps that the listeners can take in order to change their stories. Can you share some of those with us? Sure. So like I mentioned, capturing those stories and getting yourself a little notebook, I think is a really great place for people to start. And I also love, you know, I'm all about the mindset, right? Like we talked about. So I like to start my day first thing in the morning with, and I, and I teach this to all my clients, set up a non-negotiable morning routine. It's non-negotiable. That means it's non-negotiable. You're doing it. Whether you have to run out and do something you didn't expect, then get up a little bit earlier to do that morning routine. And whatever that means for you, for me, it's meditation. 
And then I have these little, you know, kind of three by five cards that I write down my goals and I write down what my intentions are. Because we humans all need a little reminder, no matter how many years that I've done this work, it doesn't matter. I still need to remind myself what's important because we're human. And we live in a world where there's so much coming at us, it's really hard to focus. So we need to remind ourselves every morning to set that intention for the day. So you're saying checking your email before you get out of bed is not a good (laughs) idea? (laughs) (laughs) I try not to touch my phone when I first wake up. Yeah, I don't even use it for an alarm because I don't want to touch it. So yeah, yeah, that's funny. But so many people do that. It's the last thing they do before they go to bed, which is bad. And then it's the first thing they do when they get up, which is even worse. Yeah, because Um, we're not grounding ourselves. We're not tuning into ourselves. We're just allowing that outside world to bombard us immediately. Exactly. Exactly. And it really does affect what you focus, because what we focus on is what we're going to get more of, right? Where our focus goes, our energy flows. So if we want to live a healthier lifestyle, then let's sit down every morning. I don't care if it's five minutes. 10 minutes. I'm not talking about a big period of time here. You're just carving out a little bit of time for yourself. Maybe you do it with your morning tea or your morning coffee, but make sure that it's non-negotiable and you'll start to notice, you know how stress is super cumulative, like stress accumulates over time. And if you don't do anything about it, you're just going to explode. You know what I call (laughs) it? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My kids are a great example of that. I'm like, oops, she's got to empty her emotional backpack. So, you know, pretty soon that backpack is going to bust. The cool thing about this work is as you start to do this, it's cumulative as well. Meditation is cumulative. Eating healthy is cumulative. The more good you put in, the more good you crave and the more you want to change your behavior, right? So I love that. And the more you keep doing that morning routine and you're setting your mindset first thing in the morning, your whole life will change. And and I just think it's, it applies to anything you want to, to apply your change to. So Um, So, again, paying attention, setting up a a morning routine that's non-negotiable for yourself. And I'm a huge believer in using your body to change your mind, right? Our body is so incredibly powerful. And we can, sometimes we go the other way around. We try to use our mind, oh, I'm going to do this today and be so strong about this. And setting intentions are really important. But when you use your body to change your mind, that's even more powerful. And what do I mean by that? I mean, we use our bodies to help manage our minds. So like using movement, whether that's yoga or a walk, giving yourselves break throughout the day and using our body. You know, I'll do a five minute dance routine in my office. If I've got a meeting, I've got a little mini trampoline. It's not so much for exercise. It's so I can jump on it five minutes before a big call and get my energy moving. Because the irony about creating energy is that fatigue breeds fatigue. I had a cheerleading coach years ago that would say that to us all the time. I'm not surprised to hear that you were a cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just a cheerleader for my clients. Yes, you Um, have that energy for sure. So it's true. Fatigue breeds fatigue. The more you sit around and feel tired, the more you sit around and you feel tired, right? Absolutely. So it works the opposite. So instead of going and taking a nap, which is a good solution sometimes, depending, if I'm going to gear up for something, I get the little trampoline out and I start jumping. Even if it's just a couple minutes, it gets the fluids moving in my body. It gets my mind sharper. It changes your focus immediately, which is the beauty of using your body to change your mind. 
Absolutely. Your body can release stress, whether that's just taking a minute to do some deep breathing, or sometimes I just step outside literally for like five minutes because it's almost instantaneous. And I always encourage my clients to take little walks throughout the day because people feel like they don't have time for exercise. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? If you do three five-minute walks, that's 15 minutes. And 15 minutes every day is way better than none. Absolutely. And yeah, it, I just, agree. Yeah. it clears your mind. Mm-hmm. It refreshes you. It revitalizes you. And then when you go back into your office or whatever, you're refreshed and you're energized and you're going to be more focused, more creative, and more productive. Amen. And that's the beauty of taking a break. People don't think of taking breaks or they want to take a long break. That five minute break, if I'm in the middle of writing something, especially when I was writing my book, I mean, that's a big task to write a book. And so I would, you know, go, I'd be stuck on a word or the right sentence or whatever. I would leave for a minute, go up and switch the laundry, which is up a flight of stairs, come down. Now I'm exercising while also changing my focus. By the time I would get back down, that word, that sentence would be right there for me. Because I stepped away for a minute. I gave myself a break for a minute. You know, or walk outside with the dog and throw the ball with him for five minutes. Just like you're saying. And it also supports grounding ourselves. Getting out in nature is the fastest way to change your mind about anything. I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you couple a little music, you know, add music into anything. And now you have a whole other element of healing. The, the healing element of music that that enters in as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm big into music because in my book is, um, is my music. It's, it's an interactive book. So it contains my QR code. So when I'm telling a story about something that happened in my life and I wrote a song about it, there's a QR code. You just swipe your phone and you can hear the song that I wrote or the meditation for that step in the book. Yeah. And I forgot to mention that at the beginning is that you are also a musician. So you're just, um, a multi-talented, multi-talented gal. (laughs) And I like how you pull it all together because that's who you are and you're using your gifts to, to serve the world. Oh, thank you. It's a, you know, it's funny. Nobody knew what a QR code was, but I launched my book during the pandemic, which was never my intention, but it's just the way it all lined up. And I thought, Hey, well, the universe is showing me this is what the world needs now. So let's go for it. And now everybody knows what a QR code is because they're all throughout my book. I also have, I teach people EFT tapping through QR codes in my book. Um, And then there's a meditation that I wrote for each of the five steps. So, you know, I'm a big believer in meditation as well as a quick way to really ground yourself and clear your mind and, you know, focus on what it is that you intend to be in the future. So it sounds like a really packed book of information and tools that we can use. So if people want to read about your book or buy your book, can you tell us where they can find you? Sure. Just go to my website at Carrie Rowan, C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. And you can find out all sorts of information about me, my books on there, my music. You can find out about my podcast, which you are going to be a guest on and uh, all sorts of great information. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carrie. I can't thank you enough. Um, Thank you for the action steps that you shared with us. And, uh, you know, people, uh, myself included, sometimes we don't even know 
that something's going on (laughs) until someone has the insight and points it out and then gives us some direction. So thank you so much. I love what you do and I appreciate you being here today so much. Thank you so much for having me on, Sarah. I love what you do right back at you. And I really appreciate this discussion and we could talk a lot longer because we have so much in common to talk about. So thank you for inviting me on. Excellent. All right. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thanks for tuning in. That's all I have for you today, and I'll see you here next time. Thank you so much for being here. I'm honored that you've chosen to spend your time with me and allowed me to be part of your journey. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone you think would benefit. I'll see you soon.